Greetings, this is Chief Yuya, once again with another Chief Yuya podcast. And uh, in this session, I'm going to kind of bounce from something I was sharing on the Orisha podcast, and I'm going to bounce to it. You know, we were speaking about the Orisha Iwawo, but then I also got into some understandings on the Orisha Oko. So I'm going to speak about that and how it relates to submission. I know uh, you may be familiar with the segment that we did previously on total submission, which was primarily dealing with um, the submission that are, that occurs from movement to movement or organization, organization, religion and religion, and that submission that's required in order to get the full gist of the lesson, to get the full gist of what's being presented. But in this segment, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about submission within a family and domestic context, and how sometimes uh, it can rear its head, you know, in terms of if it's present or not, based on the behavior. So I'm going to center the entire segment around one scenario that is always present historically for me. And I'm sure for many of you others, you have experienced it. And maybe also some of you who find yourselves as coordinators and as, as heads of certain organizations and movements, there's probably something that comes up very often. And the scenario is as such. You have two people who are mated, whether boyfriend and girlfriend or whether husband and wife. And one is very much interested in what the organization represents and what they're doing and and uh, what they're providing in terms of informational uh, context and, you know, that, that whole shebang, if you will. And the other one is just not very interested or maybe at, at, at the very minimal is supportive but not necessarily interested in investing. And, of course, this sounds a bit familiar because this is what I wrote about in my book, Solutions for Dysfunctional Relationships. And, um, you know, part of it, part of that subtitle was, you know, healing from the aftermath of cross-cultural unions. So the cross-cultural unions, there's, there's always an aftermath. And sometimes we're not able to recognize when our union and our relationship is actually culture that's clashing with one another because we're, we're, we're each having ideas and um, those ideas are fighting for placement and supremacy within that, that domestic context. And sometimes we don't know if it's external ideas or if it's just how we're, we're, we're thinking or feeling, right? So, like I said, it's, it's a common um, scenario that comes forth. And I'm going to speak about it starting with the women. So it's almost like starting from the ground up, right? Um, because that's where it's usually most common. And one of the reasons I had even wrote the text, Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships, because I had seen over the years, uh, so many instances where women were involved in certain activities, whether it be African drumming, dance, martial arts, um, the church, you know, um, cultural classes, rites of passage, and you would often see a father, you know, or a husband dropping off the women and children, maybe coming in for a couple of minutes saying hi to everyone, but leaving them. And uh, over the years of me seeing that, and of course, seeing the detrimental effects of that, um, I knew at some point that I was going to have to address it, to write about it, address it, and try to possibly provide some solutions. Hence the um, the the uh, the very long title <laughs> of of that book. But uh, so 
you know, dealing with the woman, a lot of times that scenario comes across my table. And, you know, uh, as with many other segments, this segment will probably be a rough ride for some of you. Um, And it will only be a rough ride for those who are rebellious, defiant, lazy, and selfish. So if you find yourself getting triggered, well, you've just been called out by characteristic. All right, so what happens a lot of times, again, you know, especially in these learning environments that we present, I may have a woman who comes forth and says, oh, chief, I like, I knew, I like what you're doing, I like this dual house, everything I'm learning so much is changing my life. But my husband is not interested. Or my husband, he's supportive, but he's not really into this kind of thing. He does his own thing. And, you know, in the past, I've often said, well, you know, sometimes you have to first understand a little bit more about the nature of men, because sometimes they might be into something that just hasn't really been disseminated to you in terms of tutelage. So you're you're wanting your husband to come to the, the lake to, with you and meditate by the water and sit there for an hour and give offerings at the sea and, and basically do everything that you're doing. And you may not have taken the time to recognize that men will worship and spiritize in their own way. And it's not because women are more spiritual. All right. I'm going to repeat that. Women are not more spiritual than men. That's a that's a fallacy that we um we we send around the community a lot to stroke the egos of small spirited females. Um, we'll say it just it's just like the fallacy and the myth that you know the woman is the backbone of the community. No, the woman is not the backbone of the community. It, it makes no sense. Why would why would the feminine nature, which is fluid and soft, flexible and receptive when it's in its proper form. Why would, how could that ever be the strong structure of the community? And then, you know, of course you have the silly ones will say, well, we've had to do it. You didn't have to do it. You wanted to do it because you wanted to be in charge. And those of you who felt like you had to do it and did it, you made a terrible mess of the community. So all of this, this, this horrible um, poverty and crime, you can pat yourself on your big, strong, backbone for that that's you that's all you right there all right so if you're willing to take responsibility for that then you know you can maybe start having a more sane conversation or we can get to some truth you're not the backbone of of the community and you're not more spiritual than a man we just spiritize differently that's all And, and the same instance when it comes to raising children and rearing children our jobs are different you know, and sometimes that gets confused, especially in, in the case of a split. You see a lot of times where the man now is, the you know, babysitting services are demanded of him. I'm here with these children all day. You need to take them for a while. But even if we were together, that would not that would never be appropriate. OK, there's a role that we each are required to fulfill. OK, so um, and that's not knocking anyone. You know, it's just we have to come to an understanding because a lot of times our our understanding or our our knowledge of relationships uh, is primarily observed. And it's observed at a time where we don't even have the reasoning capabilities to understand what it is that we're sitting here watching. Because a lot of times what we learn about relationships comes from media, you know, and watching videos and films and things like that. We start to imagine that that's what a family should be. 
And then, you know, sometimes we don't have parents that sit us down and explain things or just give us little gems along the way, you know, just throw little gems here. This is something you should understand about men, something you should understand about women. This is something you should understand about keeping a home, something you should understand about investment and wealth. You know, those little things that we need in order to properly perform our roles and functions within a household. Unfortunately, a lot of times we don't get them. So we're primarily moving off of opinion and intuition, you know, but very rarely are we moving off of truth or even facts, right? So, um, like I said, so a lot of times what happens in this, in these instances, the women come and say, I like what you're doing. I love what you're doing, that, 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 but my husband, mm-mm. or maybe even my children, my husband and my children, mm-mm. you know, they're kind of doing their own thing or whatever. Right. So, I'm going to I'm going to hit you with something. I'm going to hit you kind of hard for some of you. For some of you will say, yeah, that makes sense. And for some of you who are easily triggered, you know, and you, you, you will feel triggered in this statement. All of you who come to Anu and to any organization and you are currently mated. And I did a whole segment on mating. I think it was like almost a month. And. One of the things I said in that mating, in that, in that in those segments on mating, is that the word mate means to match. Mating is matching. So if you have a mate, you have a match. Okay? So I know often this is idea that I'm so evolved and I'm so advanced, but my mate isn't. My mate isn't trying to grow. My mate isn't about anything. They just want to, I don't know, go to work, you know, and come home or, you know, just do things that I'm not doing. And sometimes we don't realize that you're saying your match is are, is doing those things. And um, in different ways, you are depicting the nature of one another, which we'll get into at another time. Right? So the first thing to understand is that when we're dealing with the issue of, of the submission of women, submission, I have to find this five million times, but there's always those uh, rebellious and defiant ones that pretend like they never heard me say it, you know, and that's, you know, just little devilish tricks. Submission, sub, under, mission, plan. Submission means to come under the plan. That's probably, it's got to be at least the 500th time I've said that, you know, Uh, and then someone will jump in the comments and say, yeah, you like your women submissive. Yeah, all real men require their women to be submissive. Yeah, that's just, (laughs) you know, all real men require their women to be feminine and real women. That also comes along with it, right? So (laughs) um, the idea of female submission, you know, like I said, a lot of times you have um, females who will come in and say that their, their mates don't want to come in to an understanding. And some of that is natural. And I'll, I'll get to, when I get to the man the part, I'll, I'll explain, or the male part, because I'm not assuming that every male is a man and I'm not assuming that every female is a woman. All right. So I don't use those words interchangeably. Um, so. Those females who come into, and I, I'll use my own organization, my, excuse me, my own movement, correction, my own movement as the example. Those females who come in like that, 10 times out of 10, are a problem. 
they they always and I see them coming a mile away. Now I don't discourage them because you know there have been times that women have come in and then pull and then their husbands. I'm going to just say pull their husbands in like Nyla did to Simba, woke them back up and said, "Come on back to the crawl and come and rule over here." So that has happened. Um, in fact, probably at least half the, the families that are in our new, if not more, they came in by way of the woman. Okay. And I've shared that in another segment before when I shared, you know, the woman is, is the awakener to wisdom. She brings wisdom to you. This is why when we get baptized or we get, we we're reborn, uh, we go to the water to be reborn. We go to the woman, you know, she reawakens us, uh, in wisdom, if you will. So, but again, those females are always a problem. Now, why are they always a problem? Because they enter in already with the seed of defiance, rebellion, and independent thinking. Yes, independent thinking. That's a problem. The independent female, she's a problem. Okay, now, how do we know that? And some of them, you know, they're very sweet. They come in, they're sweet, they're nice. You know, they're not coming in, kicking in doors and, and throwing tomatoes in people's faces and doing all the ugly things that sometimes they end up doing months later or years later. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, and it's a little tricky. So I'm, I'm going to, this, this segment is not, I'm going to try not to make it too dense, but I, I have to give this information. If a woman is finding information and in a, in a movement that's outside of the cultural purview and radius of what her husband slash man has established, then she has already defiantly broken away from what that man has established, even if only in emotion or in intellect. She has, she is not assimilating to what he's established. Now, she will say this because he ain't doing nothing. Well, who are you to make that, that determination? Who are you to make that determination? That's like me riding in a ship and I'm saying, this boat ain't going fast enough. <laughs> but I don't know anything about piloting on it. Let's say if it's a large cruise yacht. I don't know anything about, about that. I don't know what the engine can take. I don't know how much fuel we need to burn or not burn in order to get to our destination based on wind resistance, based on the, the current, and or if there's a storm. I don't know any of those things. But I'm saying, we need to go fast, and if we don't go fast, I'm going to get off on this life raft and go to another boat. This is ridiculous. You see? So in that that instance, I've already decoupled myself from the joint culture of what I consider or call, quote unquote, uh, to be my family. I've already decoupled myself. If my husband is over there doing this and I'm deciding that I'm going to go over here and come under the teachings and the guides and the structure of another man, you see, because there's usually a couple of things that happen. Chances are you found me first. He didn't find me. So you were already wandering off. You you were like a lost sheep wandering off, number one. Number two, chances are you didn't say, hey, this guy's over here saying some interesting stuff. I sent you a link. It's something that, 
you know, I think maybe could benefit our family. You're not moving like an, an opportunist or, or an entrepreneur within the family structure and bringing back good food for everybody. Now, some of you will say, I did for your lectures to him and I sent him your podcast. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not throwing you under the bus. Don't worry. I'm not throwing you under the bus. Thank you for the suggestion, suggestion of the tea. I saw it in the YouTube comments. Uh, I think my, my cough is subsiding. Obviously, some of you have picked up. Everyone's been asking me about my health. I just had a, a, a dry cough for a little while. I'm going to drink some water. That's why I'm giving you this long prelude speech. One moment. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so what happens a lot of times, I do understand I'm not throwing you under the bus. For some of you. Some of you like to have your own thing because you want to be defiant. Now, I, I see you. I see you a mile away. You know, maybe uh, I've had this happen before. Well, my husband and I, we study Kabbalah, but I like what you're doing with the Orisha. Well, I don't just teach Orisha. I teach Kabbalah as well. Yeah, but I want the Orisha. Why? Because it's different from what your husband is doing. So you always have this little hidey hole, hidey hole, this cuppy hole that you can escape in. So when there's certain things that you're being told to do within the house, you can always say, well, that goes against my spirit or goes against my teachings. And, of course, he's not tied and tethered into the same spirit as you are because you've defiantly chose something else. So you always have that out to say, well, we're taught it to do, to do it this way. And then if within our new, if you're taught to do something, then you'll say the same thing and say, well, in my household, this is how me and my husband do it. You see, you're full of crap. You're just defiant and you're rebellious and you're slick. And you assume that no one is smart enough to see you. But as community coordinators, as I am, just a coordinator, you'd be surprised how much I actually see and don't comment on. It would it would blow your mind. You'd probably run away if you knew because you'd be so embarrassed. He saw that all his time. He noticed that. Yeah. But it's not my job to embarrass you every five seconds. It's my job to see these things and see if I can slowly minister to you and and slowly because sometimes if you yank too hard you know the line is snap but slowly pull you out of the stickiness and the syrupiness of your own sweet disaster that's my job and sometimes i can sometimes i can't sometimes when you get to that that just that final part where you have to pull a little harder you feel like oh wait a minute you're trying to change Uh oh you're trying to change me you're trying to you're trying to get me to act right Uh -uh, uh uh-uh and then you then you really start making a monkey out of yourself, okay? So, you know, we see what needs to happen, but like I said, a lot of times coming in with that, I already know what it is from the beginning. And then usually it's the man, you know, you'll say the man, well, he doesn't have a culture. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do any that. So why are you with him? Why did you choose him to open your legs up to or to marry or to have children with? Why did you choose him? If you're so aware of what needs to happen and he isn't, then why did you make such a foolish decision? Well, at the time, and this is what you all say, you all say the same exact thing. At the time, I didn't know any better, but I mean, we grow. And and he's just not growing along with me. He's just stagnant. You all say the same exact statement. Or should I say, you all spit the same line of BS. I told you this was going to be a rough ride. Okay? It's BS. It's total BS. 
Because even in this moment, you're still showing your defiance. Even in this moment, you're talking to me or or you're talking to other women and, and trashing your husband. You're defiant, you're rebellious, and you're disrespectful. Now, this has happened before and I knew, and, and females have thrown hissy fits. And, you know, um, when we've shared information, not necessarily even directing it towards them, but just saying, you know, that's not something that's healthy to do, to disrespect your husband like that. And it is disrespectful. <clears throat> but again, when you live in a society that trains you to disrespect men from the onset, when you're bo- from the moment you're born, you're looking at cartoons where the father is always a moron. Always. And never as attractive as the mother for some reason. Always an unattractive, overweight, goofy, silly moron. And the mother is always just very logical, caring, you know, has a lot of prophetic foresight, knows when something is going to go wrong, the best way to go. You know, total BS. (laughs) You know, you got to remember when the divine creates something, it's the wicked's job to reverse it. So what we experience through mass media, what we experience through Western culture is the exact opposite of the way the divine intended us to live. So when we see the, the de-evolution of even gender, the de-evolution of, of parental and child you know, roles and all those different things, the de-evolution of even how we eat, of food. You know, they got all this new plant-based foods, but none of it actually looks like plants. You know, they tell you to eat cheese. It comes from from cows. But why is it yellow? Cow milk is white. You know, so like all of these different things are are meant to um, get you accustomed and used to accepting the unacceptable, if you will. Um, But like I said, if a woman is, quote unquote, here, you know, whether that be in a new or whatever, because she's enamored with the information, it's because she's already pulled away from assimilating with her mate. And those females always end up being an issue because then they're not going to assimilate with anything or anyone or anybody. That's the truth of it. They're just rebellious people. And most of the time, that's why they married who they married. And it's a lot of times when you get, because it's three sides of every story. A lot of times when you get the other side, you find out that the, the guy is just at his wit's end in dealing with it. He's just... Her behavior and her, her energy is just so intolerable. He just doesn't, he's just like, go ahead, do whatever you want. You want to join on it? Go ahead, just go on. Anything to get you up out my face. He he can't stand her at this point. But maybe there's children involved. Maybe there's a financial issue, so forth and so on. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes the guy's a complete slob. He just, he, he's a loser. And she chose a loser because she wanted to be in the dominant position. She wanted to be the Amazon of the home. And she wanted she wanted to be Wonder Woman because she's she's tied into this goddess theory. Right. And um, of course, the goddess theory always heralds the destruction of great civilizations. Anytime you see that 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 burgeoning of, of goddess worship. Anytime, whether you look at ancient Rome, heck, look at 250, 249 year old America. Once you start seeing that that high level of a feminization and the angelicalizing of the feminine energy, that society's getting ready to fall because that's topsy-turvy. You see, it's now capsizing. It's like a boat that's flipping over. It's capsizing. 
you know, and of course people will embrace it in the name of progress, you know, because they're told to embrace it in the name of progress. You see, there are things that just, <laughs> just four or five years ago that were considered disgusting and gross are considered heroic now. I was looking at an article the other day about, I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he's the um, transgendered, uh, transgendered, right? But he's a transgendered um, UFC fighter that identifies as a female. The one who got into that fight and, and fractured the female skull, the, the actual, the real female that he, he was in a fight with. He was in the ring, UFC. I should try to look it up while I'm talking. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, but yeah, he, he fractured the lady's skull, you know, and, um, now he's being called the most heroic, is this the person? Fallon, Fallon Fox. Yeah, I think the last name was Fox. I'll know when I see a picture of him, but, um, yeah, that's him. That's him, Fallon Fox, and you know, openly transgendered uh, athlete. You know, I guess the first, the first openly transgendered athlete, and in, um, in MMA, and um, you know, he fights females, <laughs> and got into a fight with a female, and literally cracked a, a woman's skull open. Literally, you see, but you know. Again, you have females who are pom pom cheering for this stuff. This is this is your best friend in high school who you didn't want the guys to pick on and stuff like that. So you always fought for him, and now he's going around cracking women's skulls. Because at the end of the day, these guys never actually like women. Um, that's a whole another conversation. You know, that's a whole another breakdown. But they they hate women. <laughs> they, they hate them. You know, uh, so they get an opportunity to get in the ring and show that. It'd be interesting now if they flip it and if they get a bunch of guys who identify as female and put them in the WNBA. That would be interesting. I guess at that point, the WNBA would actually be interesting. <laughs> they might actually sell some tickets finally. But anyway, um, so again, it's... It, a lot of these things are heralded and, and, and cheered on. But like I said, sometimes you got the guy who's a complete, complete slob. So a female will marry him because she can do what she wants under, under his, his presiding, if, if you will. Uh, but again, she comes in with that very masculine spirit. And sometimes it's so they figure out different ways to hide it, you know, whether they hide it in their garb a lot of times or their makeup or the way they, they'll change their voice a little bit like a transgender, you know, and they'll try to present a more feminine type of um, depiction. But if you have discernment, which I, I spoke about recently is one of the most important things that you can have when you're coming into this journey of learning, because, you know, I see so many things that happen sometimes um, that could be avoided if people were just able to discern the spirit of what was coming to them, you know? And sometimes I, I have to admit in the past, I have been very disheartened by that. You know, when I've taught and taught and taught and taught and taught and taught, and then people just do some of the dumbest things or some of the cruelest things, or just are still asking the same type of silly questions. And it's like, wait a minute, I addressed this like 40 times. 
Like, why do I have to keep defining the word submission all the time? Why do I have to keep defining the word Arisha all the time? Or the word respect or kingdom or freedom? Why do I have to keep defining this? You see? Why, why do we have to keep starting from zero? It's like parents who keep squandering in, uh, the child's inheritance. You always have to start over with nothing, you know? So, um, like I said, so sometimes that is the issue, right? And the guy truly is a slob. But either way, it doesn't matter. It, you've made a choice and you have to be accountable and responsible for that choice that you've made, which we know is a huge problem in Western culture because females are allergic to accountability. They're not having it. I am. I broke it. You clean it up, you know? They will pull things apart that they have no knowledge of how to put back together. They will start fights with people that they know they can't beat. They will antagonize and provoke the wrong people. And then when judgment comes, you know, or blood atonement comes, now now they want to be soft females and start, you know, our men need to protect us. Our men are leaving us unprotected. Now, now we're your men all of a sudden. Now you were standing in front of me a minute ago with your hands on your hips telling me that you didn't need me, telling me that you were independent, telling me that you wish somebody would. You wish somebody. I learned how to fight. I grew up with all boys. I wish someone would put their hands on me. And then when it happens, I'm in arm protection. <laughs> you know, give me a break. <laughs> so, you know, so that's something that's out there. And, and there's a whole reason why that psychology exists. But for now, we're just talking about that lack of submission and sometimes how we miss it. You know, it's it's right in front of our faces, but we don't even we don't really know what we're looking at, because I can tell you within the conscious groups and collectives, there's been so many times I've seen females who've received so much attention and pity um, from from other people because they seemed like they were really conscious and really committed to their children and and providing their children, you know, higher awareness and better food and things. But their baby father, you know. <laughs> or their husband or ex-husband or baby fathers uh, were just not interested or just unsupportive. And, of course, three sides of every story. I, I used to see that so many times back in the day. And, and a couple times I got caught up in it. I'm not going to lie. But I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing BS. You know, um, I'm, I'm pretty good. You, you might catch me for about 20 seconds. You know, I'll, I'll have a little what moment, and then my other sensibilities kick in. You know, my spine straight. Wait, what the? You know, and I used to see these 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 females all the time back in the days going from this class, that retreat. Oh, we're doing a festival over here. We're taking the children camp. We're taking children. And they were at everything. And, I, and, and they would homeschool the children. I'm like, and everyone would just praise them. Wow, look at these women. They got homeschool collectives. They're doing this, doing that. And then I would always look and say, well, who's paying your bills? Because clearly you don't have a job. But you have a place that you're staying with your your militia of children. And you're homeschooling all day with that cadre of children. And you go into this festival and that festival. You might even have a car. Someone's got to pay for the gas and the insurance. Huh. Something's fishy here. And you find out a lot of times they're still with the man, you know, and he's obviously providing financial support, you know, or... They're raking him over the coals in child support court, right? 
even though they're conscious and, and against the system and understand that the system is here to oppress and to, and to, and to degrade uh, the, the melanin-rich family, yada, yada, but I'm in court getting that money. They're full of crap. They're welfare queens. They're just, they're just hood rats with wraps on and, and natural hair, but they, they're just, you know, that's a whole other segment. We'll break that down later. I got that one in, in the back of my mind for later. So a lot of times that's the defiant female that you can't recognize because of how she's dressed herself up, how she's changed her name and all her children got these long names and, and all of that. But she's being financed and supported by this very same person that's feeding her. She's biting the hand that's feeding her, right? Common scenario. I used to see that a lot. Uh, and, and, and the reason why I don't see it a lot now because I don't, I don't actually attend any of those type of conscious circles anymore. But there was a time period where I was very much active and, you know, um, going to a lot of classes, and, like I said, street fairs, festivals, any, anything that had a, a smell or a hint <laughs> of some consciousness, I was there just to, you know, just to soak up the vibe sometimes. And so, you know, you, you got to witness a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so, again, you know, the female often comes in. Let's talk about the guy for a second. So it's about submission, right? So the divine path of authority comes down through the father. Father, pater, pata, author. It all means the same word, authority. Okay, Arthur, the word, the name Arthur. Author, authority. Uh, authoritis. Uh, no, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> authoritis doesn't mean that. Um, so anyway, so now you have, this idea of authority that comes down from the heavens into the crown. This is what crowns him into the crown of the man down through his phallus into the yoni of the woman. And then out from her sacral chakra into the navel chakra, which provides identity and of the children. You see, that's the, the divine order, if you will, heaven, to man's crown, man's phallus, down to um, into his sacral chakra, to her sacral, sacral chakra, excuse me, to the child's navel chakra, establishing identity through the authority of the father who has received his divine commandments through the authority of Olodumari. Okay? That's the order. Now, some guys just like some gals, are not submitting to the laws, statutes, and commandments of Yah. They're just not, they're not interested. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. So they don't have any authority because, again, when I spoke about we become depictions of one another. So if I'm willing to submit myself to the, the, the ruler of the universe and the organizing architect of the entire cosmos, <laughs> If I'm not submitting to that, why would a female submit herself to me? You need to just think about that for a second. Let's take a couple, right? You got, um, I don't know, um, you got Jamal is the guy and the, the girl is, I don't know, um, I'm about to say Sally. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sarah, we'll give it Sarah. Jamal and Sarah, right? Now, Jamal is 
demanding, hey, Sarah, you got to learn to respect me. You got to come under my authority. You know, I'm the covering chief. You y'all said that the man is the covering for the women and the women is the covering for the children. Look at he even put a chart up when he did the show on family. Look at this chart. Yada, yada. You need to come under this precedence. And then she says, okay, no problem, my king. I got you. I got you. But on the chart, it shows that Emmy pours into the man. So he has to open himself up to receive that divine direction and prostrate himself or completely ballet or bow himself to that command. And you see, just like children, if you know, children emulate everything we do. You're reading a book, you want to work on a car, you want, you know, you're working on a car, your son is going to be right there, you know, with a screwdriver scratching up the side of the paint. You know, um, that's just what they do, right? So you're talking about the the creator and the divine spark and the organizer of the entire cosmos, all of the galaxies, all of the world, the worlds. This is who you're being required to receive your structure your instructions, your secrets, your divine orders, your commandments, and your mission from, right? And you say, nah, I ain't into that. I ain't doing it. And then your woman looks at you and she's like, well, Jamal is over here and, you know, he got that rotten tooth in the back of his mouth so his breath stinks, you know. Um, he's got kind of a odd shape so he always has a wedgie. So I'm always putting a little bit of extra hydrogen peroxide in his underwear to get those stains out. You know, um, he passes gas in his sleep. You know, uh, one leg is longer than the other. <clears throat> he's in, he's in his fifties now and his, and his staff barely gets hard. You know, we could just go through the list. He's just not all that. He's not, you know, when I, when I first got him, he had this long head of locks and now he's got a sunroof on the top. That he keeps trying to hat, hide with a Frankie Beverly uh, hat on, you know. But Ralph forbid that hat fall off and we all get to see the truth. You know, this is this is who I'm supposed to submit to. But I'll do it because I love him, right? But how much harder is it to submit to him with all of his, you know, error, <laughs> with all of his wrongness, and he can't even submit to a being that's completely perfect, and that has been living inside him since his birth. You see? So the woman says, I can't submit to this this clown. She tries, maybe, some. Some never do. You know, some some just came from backgrounds where their mother was defiant and wicked, and she trained them to be defiant and wicked and all the sons to be simps and soft and wicked. You know, so that some of them never have it to begin with, and and a lot of times their lifestyle, the way they come to that man reflects that. That's another segment. Um, but sometimes they're just so used up and they're so in, infested with so much so much unclean spiritual energy from all the, the, the guys they've been rolling around in the bed with that submission. I can't do that again. I can't I can't submit again. It's just like me, you know, from training in, in martial arts and stuff, I, I don't. You know, if I'm if I train with somebody, I don't let people throw me anymore. I used to let people people used to like to throw me a lot because I'm I'm a, I'm a little on the bigger side. So they would always say, "Yeah, if you could, if it works on him, it'll work on anybody." Come on over here, come on over here, brother. Come on over here, brother. 
And, you know, they always want to show off and slam me all over the freaking place and show that, yeah, see, you don't take a whole lot of muscle. It's all about technique, you know. And uh, you get thrown enough times, it, your body's not made for that kind of shock. It doesn't matter if you know how to fall or, or how hard you slap the ground and say, Kia, your body's still not made for that. Your hand isn't even made to be slapping on the ground, Kia, when you fall and everything. After a while, it does, you know, it wears a toll on your spine. Now, I've been fortunate that I don't have any 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 injuries, anything like that, you know. Um, but there was a time period when I said, you know what? Nah, y'all can't throw me no more. Come on, bro. Let me. Th- nah, throw somebody else, man. I ain't. Uh, you know, I w- I wasn't the 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 uh you know again prostrating student anymore. Where anything you want to do to me, go ahead. Oh, you want to twist twist my arm and knock my shoulder out of socket to show the class how you re re you know relocated dislocated shoulder. All right, I'll do it. Yes, master. You know, I was I was that guy. And then from being that guy for so many years, it was like, nah, man, you ain't knocking my shoulder out of socket, man. Do it, do it to do it to that girl over there. Do it to the eight year old girl. You so big and bad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so it sometimes you get females the same way. They've been tossed around and submitted so many times and filled up so many times, there's nothing left. And they just they're just not they they have so much agenda inside of them and they have so much masculine spirit inside of them that as soon as you come forth, those masculine spirits raise up and begin to fight you. And not to mention that, they're already fighting one another. So there's an internal war and then they band together to keep you out of the space and then they go back to fighting each other. They go back to their internal crazy. So sometimes it's just, you know, if you're not able to recognize those things from the beginning, you know, or you actually believe her when she tells you what her body count is, which you should not do ever, um, then, you know, you end up in a bad spot. But, of course, sometimes this is a product of you not having a father who taught you how to relate to women, right? So sometimes, you know, there's no submission to be left. Sometimes the guy doesn't even know that he's supposed to be providing instruction and guidance, and she might not even know, but she can feel that something is missing. She something is off. She loves him. She's a, they're affectionate to a certain level, and then she comes around a real man, like an on new man. Now all of a sudden, everything starts to awaken in her, and she she feels the strength. Of course, a lot of times she fights it at first because that's just what she's been trained to do. But then once she realizes that, you know, you are a reflection of the man that you're with. And your fight is weak, just like your man is weak. And, and I can see the weakness in you. I can see the weakness in him through you. You tell his whole story, you see. So once she realizes, man, I can't get around these men, you know, I'm trying. And, and, and they're kind of pushing me away because of my mouth. That mouth, boy, Oof. you know, because I'm defiant, because I'm rebellious, because I just won't shut up. I talk too much. They're not even really interested in interacting with me. And I'm demanding space in front of them. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, listen. And they're just like, go somewhere with that. We're, we're doing important things. We're not going to sit here and debate with a child. Go get your husband. You know, they may have that kind of experience, right? We've had that many times within on it, many times. Um, so that's a product of that guy, that male. Again, I can't say man. But of that male not being strong enough in that sense to um, guide and determine 
where his family needs to be traveling to because he has no direction. He has no movement that he's moving in at, at this time in life, right? So um, he's not receiving divine, divine commandments. And the only thing that's going to solidify a love relationship between a man and a woman, a true love relationship, and I said man and a woman, not a male and a female. Male and a female can just, they can just interact off of biology. But the only thing that's going to really allow for some type of staying power between man and woman is that they see, experience, feel divinity within one another and how divinity is naturally moving through one another, not perverting itself through one another. So when the man is authoritative, when he's stoic, when he's firm, when he's strong, when he's decided, you see, then the woman, it, it, it allows her, it gives her space now to be dependent, to be soft, to follow, to be silent, and to learn in silence. Not learn through debate, because she doesn't learn anything, but learn through silence because he's filling her up. She's being filled up, you see. And our Kabbalistic systems, I'm going to show you how powerful the phallus is. We talk about the yoni all the time because... Again, goddess worship. People got it backwards. You should be talking about the phallus more than you talk about the yoni. The yoni's easy. That's the easy one. And plus, it's a mystery. So you can only talk about a mystery but so much until you just start making stuff up, <laughs> which is what they do. You start making stuff up. Um, in the Kabbalistic system, you know, the shaft of the penis is correlated to the word vav. Vav, or the letter vav. And... The head is correlated to the word yod, yod. And this is the part of where you get the correlation of the tetragrammaton. It's actually through the penis, you see. And if you can understand the, the concept of the shaft and the concept of the head and how that, that represents a deity and the movement of a deity, then you would understand why it's so important to have that penis present, you know. That's, a, that's kind of a joke I share a lot with my family. A lot of times when we're working on things, they always remark how quick I can come up with ideas. Like if we're trying to come up with a name for something or whatever, or, you know, just or a solution. And they'd be like, wow, how did you? We were sitting here talking about this for all day. And you just came in the room and were like, ah, oh, yeah, do it this way, call it that, da, da, da. And I always say, hey, penis is an amazing thing to have, right? It's, it's the creative force, it's the creative power, you know? That's why when you saw um, certain archetypes or certain, certain depictions of, of, of like, you know, um, Tutmosis, you would see that erect penis. Now, why would you see that erect, erect penis? Because Tutmosis, they, they give you the funny kind of spelling, but it's, it's Thoth Moses. Thoth is Tehuti. Tehuti Moses. Moses means to be burned. I mean, I'm, I'm not burned. To be born or to be birthed. So to be rebirthed and Tehuti. To be rebirthed in knowledge, to be, be re rebirthed in wisdom, that Tehuti energy, that's your Tutmosis, right? So it's that idea there, again, of like always having that creative power and that regenerative, regenerative and rebirthing power, always being able to till and till the land over and over and over again, that Oko energy, which I spoke about. So some guys don't have erect penises. They don't have creative and regenerative energy. 
And the female picks up on it. She's like, I can't get fed from this guy. I'm not getting filled. So she starts to assimilate herself with masculine females. That's the next step. These hyena females. She gets with masculine females and she lets them rub their authority. She, they anoint her with, with vaginal liquid. And like I said, that wears off because it's got to be in you, not on you. So you'll, you'll go and study with queen mother this or ea that or sister that, you know, and you'll get a little something for a little while, and then it starts to wear off. It starts to wear off because you need to get that infilling from within your domestic, your domestic environment. And sad to say, half the time, queen mother gobbledygook doesn't have a man herself. That's why she's doing all that teaching. She wants to be the man. She's taking that position. She's taken up for where she says there's no man present. But there's always a man present. There's always a man present. But the man in you chases him away. He doesn't want to be bothered with nonsense when he's got a world to conquer. He doesn't want to be tied down to arguing with your your dysfunctional self, right? So a lot of times that's a product. Now, ultimately... It's the men who don't protect the gate of the home. And it might have went back to your great-grandfather, your grandfather. At some point, the mental protection that was supposed to be provided wasn't there. So then, as females do, they'll stray into wickedness. That's why Elijah Muhammad says 70% of his work is with the female because she has more of the devil in her. You see, she's water. She's always going to try to leak into... She's always trying to go somewhere that she got no business being <laughs> So your job is to establish the boundaries of our home. Well, this is this is what we do. This is what we don't do. So how is it that you're over there learning our new information? How did you even get over there to get that? When I am controlling and mastering the master of the home, I'm mastering everything within the radius of this homestead, and there's no our new stuff up in this homestead. So how did you get that? Oh, um, yeah, that. Well, I kind of dug a hole under the fence and I went over to the neighbor's yard. You know, you know, you know, my girlfriend, Janet, you know, Janet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, chronically single Janet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chronically single Janet. Uh, I went over there and she was listening to us and she was talking about how much the information has helped her and changed her life. And then of course she needs it because she doesn't have a man. And I figured, you know, well, I could use it too. But wait a minute, sweetheart, you have a man. Why, why would you be listening to that man in, in, in those teachings? You know, what, what's that about? Mm. And of course, it wouldn't go that smooth because a defiant woman doesn't feel like she has to explain herself anyway. She would just start blaming him as soon as she's caught anyway. So, you know, that that hypothetical situation I just kind of mapped out wouldn't happen like that anyway. But um, so a lot of times the guys are just straight weak. They're soy boys. They're just, they're, just, they're just so soft. They're eating too much tofu, and they're spending too much time with their children. Yes, you can spend too much time with your children. Men need to be around other men. Steel sharpens steel. Iron sharpens iron. And a lot of times they end up effeminizing themselves because they begin to take on a domestic female role. Like I said, the great leaders that you've seen within our national history – they never did anything great and amazing from the from their living room. They were out in the world making social change, you know, conquering things, taking things, negotiating things. 
not even negotiate because men of power don't negotiate really. But I think you get the point I'm making. You see, so we now have this idea that the, you know because the TV shows they they usually only have one or two sets, so everything's got to take place. You look at Good Times; the father was always working, but every time you saw him, he was in the house. <laughs> you know, um, so the, the idea of that is it starts to leave this impression because you remember. Like I said in the other segment, you get saturated by what you're most what you're most around, and what you're most around becomes your standard. I was talking to someone about that uh, yesterday. He was talking about um, how he doesn't spend as much time with some of his friends and stuff like that. And I said, "Listen, man, it's nothing wrong with that because, um, like I said, if you hang out with uh, with uh, if there's ten broke people or ten ignorant people, and you're in the mix, you're going to be the tenth. If there's nine of them that you spend your time around, you're going to be the tenth. You know, so those people begin to set the standards. Like I said earlier, like you might be around a lot of people who are paranoid, always seeing things, seeing lights in the skies and this and that. And then eventually you'll be like, wait a minute, I do see something, you know, or or someone who's always afraid of something, you know. And next thing you know, now you're in the weapon store buying a weapon just well, just in case because you never know. So they begin to create a new standard for you. Right. So if you're around uh, a lot of people as men, if, you, if, if you're not around a lot of men, then what is your standard become? If I'm around females all day, I'm around my children all day, then certain things that I once considered unacceptable will now be acceptable. Even down to the colors that I wear, the, the style of clothes that I wear, maybe even the smell of colognes that I put on. These things now become acceptable because I've saturated myself. And you got to understand that's the ultimate mission and plan of the, the strengths that be within this culture. You're constantly saturated with what you would normally and naturally find offensive. And it becomes a new standard. So that way when other things are introduced, you're quick to accept it. You're okay to accept it. Even how beauty standards over the over the past few years, we've been there's been certain beauty standards that have been forced down men's throat. You see women who are morbidly obese and we're supposed to say they're beautiful and if we don't then, then now we're, we're fat shaming and, and all these different things that they come up with. Well, that was to open up the door for the transgenders. So now if you say, well, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to be with a, a, a guy dressed as a woman. Well, now, you know, there's something wrong with me. and I'm archaic and I'm a caveman. And there's even now a group, there's groups that are now trying to criminalize the rejection of transgendered women. Think about that for a second. So if I see a woman and I say I don't like her, I don't want to date her based on the on the basis of her not being a natural born woman. And I, I used all these hers and, and, and I know what I just said. Don't worry. If I do that now, then now it could be considered a criminal offense. And you consider you consider that when my phallus represents my staff of authority. That's why in any any system, you know, where you see any kind of kingdom or monarchy, there's always a staff that's held. The staff represents the penis. I told you that story about Oko and the Oko staff when he said, you put this staff in the ground. What is the ground? The woman. To call me forth because the staff represents my authority. The penis represents my authority. That's why there's so many rituals to remove the penis. You know? So that idea there. So now you're beginning to toy with what's supposed to stimulate me. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother segment. But now you're affecting my authority and my connection to the divine as a result. You're connecting my authority. 
You're getting me used to accepting deception. This is a man. Why are they dressed as a female? Because they want to be with other men. Well, why not you just why not just present yourself as a man? Because you want to trick me. You see. But what opens the door for that? Well, you know, what are those things that women wear? Um, those full body suits. There's a name for them. I can't remember. But they basically stuff all the fat in. They try to make your body look a little smooth, and you just look like a, you know, like you just kind of packed up like a sausage. Deception. The the gobs and gobs of makeup, deception, the weaves, deception, the wigs, deception, the high heels, deception. We haven't even gotten to the to the implants and all those different cybernetic enhancements that now people can go get male and female because this guy's doing it, too. Right. So now I be, I become accustomed to accepting deception. It's OK. You see. So when there's other things that are brought onto my, my palate or onto my, my plate, and it just doesn't have to do with gender, I'm already ready to accept deception. I'm already ready to accept that all this time we've been living in a republic, even though you, you told me it's a democracy. But you tell me to say I pledge allegiance to the flag. Oh, what is it? I pledge allegiance to the, no, the United States. And the flag for which it stands, I pledge allegiance to the United States. I don't forgot the thing, but it says republic in there, right? So you tell me to say that every single day to say republic, while at the same time um, telling me to, to telling me that we live within a, a democracy. I got to look up the pledge. Hold on a second. <laughs> um. What is that? I pledge allegiance to the United States. And uh, wow, that's so good that I can't remember the um, I can't remember the thing, the, the pledge. Finally, <laughs> it only it only took over half my life, but hey, <laughs> I pledge allegiance to my to. Oh, this is the 1892 version. Let's, let's go to the new one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States and to the republic for which it stands. There we go. I just got the words mixed up a little bit. Um, but you're pledging allegiance to a flag, not to a country, not to a, a leader, a flag. That doesn't really make sense, right? And if, and if you deface it, you can go to jail, even though you're looking at a defaced flag in the classroom because it has the yellow fringes on it. They've already defaced it. So you see... They're constantly putting you in a situation where you're accepting what doesn't make sense and accepting the unacceptable. And and then that becomes your reality. Fallacy becomes your reality. So when we're looking at submission, the idea that the woman would lead the man or the woman would jump over the fence and do what she wants to do, or she's the backbone of the community, and you would be sitting at home with an apron on, <laughs> flipping pancakes for the, for the children or you're walking around Whole Foods and you're holding the baby and pushing the cart while she's walking four steps in front of you as if she could protect the family. You know, all of these different fallacies start to become your reality. So for all of, of you who find yourself in a position like that, you know, you, you males or you females, you know, you're bringing total destruction to what you consider to be your family and nothing's going to work for you because, again, Anytime a female comes in with that type of scenario, it never works. It never, ever, 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 ever works. 
You may be in love with our new information. I appreciate that. I do. I truly do. Go to your husband. Work with your husband. I'm not here to break up families. I have no interest in breaking up families. And I don't care about numbers. I care about quality of membership. I don't care about the quantity of membership. Because be honest, being the chief of Anu is a headache. There are more headaches than there are moments of pleasure. I can tell you that with all honesty. It is a total and complete headache. So the less people there are, the less headaches. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to scare people away, but, you know, quality of membership of what it is what it's about. And we're about building families in with our new. We want to see our new people with our new people. That's our doctrine. Our doctrine is that we, we, we mate among our own, you know, so that way we're all moving with the same imperative and there's no risk of us corrupting each other, you see, and more so those outside of Anu corrupting those within Anu and establishing standards that no longer work for their soul's uh, redemption. You know, and sometimes those are not, within Anu, those are conversations that I have between couples. Let's talk about our spirit. Let's talk about our soul. When's the last time you went to a Thanksgiving or Christmas and somebody asked you about your soul or even your spirit, you see, or your connection to the Almighty? Now, they might have condemned you because you didn't want to come to Christmas or you didn't bring any gifts or whatever, and they talked to you about, you know, religious things, but are they truly concerned? No, of course they're not. Of course they're not. Their job is, their job is to keep you entwined in the, in the matrix and enmeshed in it. That's their role. You know, so sometimes that lack of submission can sneak its way in, and you got to know how to spot it, and you have to know the eventual outcome of it. And like I said, I know this was a rough run, rough run, and I know some people are going to feel offended and you should definitely know that I, that I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Um, my job is to deliver the truth and that's the job of a man to deliver truth. Don't worry about people pouting and poking their lips out and, and I'm never going to debate with a junior and I'm never going to debate the truth. It doesn't need debating and you disrespect it when you debate it, you can deliberate the truth. You can explore these ideas more. But when you come with an energy that's antagonistic, I'm just going to ignore you because you'd be a fool to be antagonistic in this day and time. When we have over a 70 percent divorce rate in the United States alone of monogamous marriages, I might add. Monogamy ain't doing so hot. 70 percent divorce rate. What can you really tell me? If you're a part of that same social structure and collective that, ha- that walks with that ideology, you have nothing to tell me because you've only proven your culture to be a total failure. So maybe now it's time to try something else, especially something that has been used before to build entire civilizations. Maybe the idea of a woman following a man and actually marrying someone before they have children but actually marrying and mating with someone that they actually respect enough and have enough trust in and faith is the key word, faith in to follow, maybe that might be a smarter thing than us just getting together because we just want some stimulus or we're broken and we feel, we feel gaps for each other. Maybe that's just not enough. 
And you have to understand that whether it's a serious woman who's serious about her development and serious about Anu or it's a serious man about Anu, if you're not at that level and you're not serious, they're going to put you away. They're going to do away with you and not look back. And not look back. Because they understand in looking back, it would be like Lot's wife when they were running from Sodom and Gomorrah. Move forward and don't look back because if a person has chosen and decided that they want to live a way that's going to completely separate them from, from the Most High, I want nothing to do with you. Or if you're going to live a lukewarm life, yeah, it's cool. I mean, you could go over there. I don't have nothing against you. But, you know, and for you guys who talk like that, man, you need to really man up. And I'm, and I'm just going to use that term because I know a lot of young people listen to these segments. So I don't want to say, um, you know, anything that would maybe sound too profane. But I'll just say if this, this is an opportunity now where you need to really learn from men how to move like men. Because for those of you who are not watching your families with diligence, you're putting your entire clan at risk. Your entire clan is being put at risk because you're too lazy or you're too selfish to do what you're supposed to do as a man. And I've noticed guys like that always tend to have the most children, too, because they mate recklessly. You see, they're not even thinking about the, the pullout. They just they mate recklessly. So they always have the most children and therefore unleashing the most damaged people onto the planet. You see, if you can barely be responsible for one child because you're still trying to learn, then just have one. Join a community where that child can be around other young boys and girls so they don't feel alone. But maybe you don't have the wisdom to manage the dynamics of five or six or seven different children. Maybe you don't have that or even two or three or maybe even one because not everybody is ready to have children. Despite how your biology feels, where's your maturity at? You know, so. That submission is not just, I know we, we shove it down the women's, we kick women in their chest with a, you gotta submit, you gotta submit. But it's not, it's not, it's not that simple. There's more layers to it. Cause she would be submitting to the deity in you. And the only way the deity would get in you is the same way it gets into her. You have to open up and receive it. And sometimes that means, hey, hey, let me give it to you. All the time, it means that you need to have another man further along presiding over you. So all of you suckers, who, let me just give me, before we get off, all you suckers are so hung up on your ego because your woman has shown you a Chief Yuya video and he's spitting information, third person again, I hate to do this, but I'm just, I'm talking from your eyes, but he's spitting information that makes you feel like a little boy and you won't say, well, heck, man, there's something good over there. Let me go learn with this guy. He's 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 a man like me. I can learn that information and now provide these things for my family. But some of you are so insecure and your egos are so blown. Your egos are humongous. You got Godzilla egos, you see, and 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 you got freaking um, ant size spirits. You see. And you can't say, well, you know what? I need a man to help preside over my entire family to give us the guidance that we need so I can be a better man and a better person and a better husband and a better father. You're soft. You're soft because it takes a warrior to be vulnerable. It's not always about you standing there, well, I ain't going to listen, and not listening to anybody. You're a fool. You're a fool. You know, and that's not a demand for you to come here or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying that. 
It doesn't have to be me. <laughs> you know, but and that's the same thing with you with you females. When you're walking around uncovered, which means you're unprotected and unpresided over, you have no authority. Be quiet and listen. Stop trying to debate and argue all the time. Because 10 times out of 10, you don't know what you're talking about. 10 times out of 10. You see? It's a, it's a, it's an, there's an arrogance there. There's an unwillingness to submit because you feel like you're going to lose something if you submit. But either way, you're still submitting to your, the own demons that you're infected with that are riding over you. That's male and female. You're submitting to all of that, but you won't submit to your crown. And your crown, your ori, needs to be poured into by something or someone that's higher than that ori. And if you're not, like there was an old play back in the days I saw, um, arms too short to box with God. You know, some of you want to debate and you can't debate. Your arm's too short. And you can't imagine that. What do you, what do you mean you won't debate with me? What do you mean you won't argue with me? Because you're a child. Now learn something, and if you're not wise enough to learn something, then you're just a fool. You're just, you're, you're just a fool. Someone's throwing you a life preserver to pull you onto the boat, and, and you just want to sit here and argue about who, who got thrown a life preserver first. <laughs> or why you threw it. Why didn't you drop it down? If you would have dropped it down, maybe I would have grabbed it. See, that, that's the whole, if you would have said it like this, then maybe I would have listened. How about I just pull my life preserver back up and, and keep going? How about that? And just let you drown? Mother had her. Mother had him. Mother F him. You know? So it's not my responsibility to save you when I'm on this boat trying to get to safety. We're not even saved. We're trying to get to the, to the promised land, and we're trying to pick some up along the way, but you want to get on the boat and start poking holes in it and start trying to drown people because of your craziness. You think we're not going to chuck you overboard and not think twice about it? Or when you jump overboard, you think we're going to try to pull you back in? No, it's better to have you gone. Because of a lack of submission. And that's, I'm talking male and female. Again, when I say submission, don't just think females. Because ultimately it starts with the man submitting to divine ordinance. And females, you can't tell him what that is. You don't know. So let me just give you that before you, you, hit, you hit those points. You don't know yourself. You're in the dark as to what that is. You don't know. You're not a man. Okay. So you can't reason above his head. And if you feel that you can reason above his head, then you need to go get another man who you can't reason above his head. But if it's too late because you've already made it with this one and made the choice, then that is your match. And you're imagining that you're reasoning above his head. It's just you're, you're fantasizing. I promise you, you're not more developed than he is. You just feel like it. All right. So rough ride. But we're in the times now where change is being demanded by Anu. And for those of you who are involved in this ministry and moving in this way, you got to change. You got to step it up. And some of these sicknesses that reflect the regular sicknesses that the world has, we, we can't be walking with the same things while at the same time walking with all this advanced information and wisdom. That's just, you know, you're squandering it away and you're disrespecting it. You have to live it. And it's got to be in you. And families are required. That should be your number one priority over initiations, over rituals, over this and that. Your number, if you don't have a family, that should be your top part, especially you women. Because men, 
honestly, can start at 50, which is a good age, between 40 and 50. It's a good age to start. But you females, 35, 40 years old, still tooting around, and you're making fools out of yourself. And I'm telling you this out of love because, trust me, I've been working with people for decades. I got some women I started working with when they were 30, and now they're 50, and, and they call me crying all the time. Baba, I'm so lonely. I want someone to share my life with. I come home every night and just stand in my kitchen, and there's nothing. I'm so lonely. Yeah, remember when you were in your 30s and you were arrogant, and this one didn't say this, and this one is, and this one wasn't conscious, this one wasn't, and you were just kicking them by the wayside, and I was telling you to stop doing that? And now you're at the age where no one's shopping for, for 50-year-old women anymore. No one's shopping for that, unless you've got a lot of resources. There's a, there's a time, for, just like everything has an expiration date, there is a time when you have to get things done. And if you don't do them in that time, which is usually a result of your sick culture, you're never going to get it. That's just the truth of it. You're never going to have it, you see. I'm never going to experience buying my first house again and the excitement of that. I already did it. You see, I'm never going to experience the excitement of my first child and, you know, bringing that child back to the house. This is my house and this is, this is, this is my woman and this is, that's never going to happen again. So I'm appreciative that I had the experience, but if I never had the experience and tried to have it at this age, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't pop the same way because there's a time for certain things and then there's a time for other things, you see. And there's a time for the establishment and the cultivation of family and the cultivation of yourself as a wife or, or as, a, as a consort and the cultivation of yourself as the master of, of the homestead. There's a time for that. And a lot of you are playing around and you're being lazy and you're being selfish and it's passing. It's got to stop. All right, this is Chief Yuya. This has been, been the Chief Yuya <laughs> podcast in Rough Ride. Don't worry. The next one I'll, I'll, I'll make a little a little easier on you. And I know some of these really upset people, but they're only upsetting you because they're raising up those those unclean spirits in you and they're causing an irritation, you know, just like toxin and venoms coming out of bumps in your skin, you know, so... You let this light fill you up and then you let it burn away the nonsense. And then, then you can really fly because you get nice and light. And that's what you want to get. You want to get light so you can make these moves and climb these mountains and, and come to where it's safe with the rest of us, you know, and get up on the boat. And, and instead of trying to get up there and causing havoc and poking holes in it, you know, you'll be able to get on it and be a productive member and be happy with the rest of it, with, with the, well, happy at times <laughs> and between the headaches. You know, uh, with everyone else who's moving in, in, a, in a rightful direction. All right, everyone, enjoy uh, your day. And definitely I will that these, these ideas and um, this on new information, you study it and you live it. And you make the necessary changes right now. Okay, peace.